0: Hey, I'm Mike Myers, and this is the Songwriting for Guitar podcast, which is geared to support songwriters and producers to gain confidence and turn pro. I bring on industry experts to help you improve and monetize your skills, engage better in the writing process, and build healthy habits to create a sustainable career that you love. Caffeinated, inspirational, conversational. Hey, what's up? Mike Myers here with the Song Rang for Guitar podcast, episode number 74 in defense of pop. Now it's easy to write off pop. I think a lot of people do because they don't take the time to understand a lot of the nuances and how the landscape of pop music has changed. In this episode, Songwriting for Guitar Coach, Lainey, Dione and I, we kind of dive into a lot of the misconceptions. Plus we're gonna talk about something really cool that we're offering. So this is a jammed packed episode. We're just gonna dive into it. Episode number 74 in defense of pop. I feel pop gets such a a bad rap because people think either it's like, it's completely useless. They have all these preconceived notions about like, Oh, it's just drab stuff on the radio. It's like radio Disney stuff. It's just awful. And meanwhile, it's like, no, pretty much pop music has influenced music from like the dawn of Western (laughs) music to now it's just constantly evolving. And whether you like it or not, it, it's super important. It's heavily important.
1: Yeah. I was just thinking the other day how you can't just say, oh, I, I hate on it or or whatever you want to not listen to it just because it's new. I mean, like it's it's running the world right now. So, <laughs> I mean, because it, we could go
0: back to, you know, especially right now, I think people hate on pop music, you know, oh, it's so short. It's ridiculous. And it's like, it's so, you know, like you have to do this and you have to get to the chorus and blah, blah, blah. There are all these restrictions, but it's like, It's crazy. You could go back into the early sixties and even the fifties, I could pull up like a buddy Holly album and all of his songs are like two minutes, two minutes, two minutes, two minutes. It's like, it's, this isn't new. Like this idea of like keeping it short, concise to the point, memorable choruses. the Beatles were doing that. There's a whole album of Beatles singles that were pretty much super short to the point hooky choruses.
1: And even today when you hear the songs that were longer, you're hearing the radio edits on the radio. They have the shorter versions (laughs) (laughs) that are played for the masses. But why do you think people
0: have that? Do you think it's easier to just like blanket something like it's pop, it's awful and just like... Without actually taking time to understand it and dive into it,
1: yeah, I was going to say, I think the people that are that are saying that, oh, it's it, this new stuff is all bubble gum and it's all stupid and it's not well written. I don't think they're actually listening to the the broad spectrum of what pop is today, because underneath the blanket or the umbrella of pop, you know, you have indie pop, you have folk pop, you have all of these different yeah. stylistic choices within that. And they all have their little elements. I mean, music is constantly growing on top of itself. You know, you wouldn't have some of these artists without Led Zeppelin or Elvis Presley. You wouldn't have the artists today without the people that came before it. So you can always hear elements of that style of music in newer stuff. You just got to listen for it. People that are listening to metal might not necessarily like pop, but it's, it's it's two completely different styles you got to give it a chance. At least you got to listen to it to understand that it's just because it's not your style. doesn't mean it's bad music is what I'm trying to say. You
0: know what? I think I realized that because I was very punk growing up. And so, you know, when you're punk, it's mm-hmm. like, you can only listen to this and it's just like, fuck the mainstream. And it's just like complete. It's that diehard, yeah. yeah. It's just like, but then I started teaching and obviously I couldn't, if somebody brought in the song, I couldn't be like, Hey, that shit, I'm not teaching it. I, instead it was like, Oh yeah, totally. And I was listening to all this music. I was Oh, it's actually not that. Like, I remember being like, Oh, neon trees, whatever. And then I started to listen. I'm like, this is actually really good. Like starting to dissect the structure of it and the melodic structure of it, the production elements. I was like, suddenly like, Oh my God, this is actually really, this is really good.
1: Yeah. I think it's easy to get like that mentality that was going around that everybody hated Nickelback. Why Nickelback's great? <laughs> They're good songs. Like it's just popular to hate on um, pop music sometimes when when you think that your music's better. But
0: you know, it's interesting. I saw there was a, I think it was American songwriter. They posted something with Nickelback, and all the comments below were people being like, "It's just like unsubscribed, unsubscribed. I can't believe you're doing this. I can't believe like." And that's another thing too. It's i notice people that are the loudest sometimes about hating something aren't doing the thing like the ones that are just like outright complaining about something zero contribution to music whatsoever
1: yeah yeah i noticed when when taylor swift's album came out everybody was like oh well people that didn't like taylor swift (laughs) We're like, oh, her lyricism, it's its terrible. Her lyrics suck. She never writes about anything that's good. And all of her lines suck. Like, shake it off. Player's going to play, play, play. Like, I get that. That is a style of pop music. But if you listen to her new album, it has some of the greatest lyrics I've ever heard that can compete yeah. with anybody from the 60s or 70s. Their lyrics are amazing. So I think people aren't really listening to it. <laughs> I mean, there I think there's sometimes
0: it's could it also be nostalgia that people just remember a certain mm-hmm. time in a place where it's like it hit them because we were doing a cover recently of what was it? It was REM.
1: Okay.
0: Losing my religion the are not really good. Like we're sitting there and we were just writing it out. And then was like, so what's the lyric?" I said, Oh, the ending we have to track. And she was like, cool. What's the line? I was like, cry, try, fly, cry. And she was like, stop, it's not. And I was like, no, 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 I'm serious. It's just, I think sometimes we have this nostalgia of when we grew up, maybe it's because like our hormones are a certain way and like everything is like impactful. And we're like, this music means so much to me. And it's like, okay, that's cool. That's important. But music can also change. It can evolve. It can be something different. It doesn't mean that it's shit. It just means you may not necessarily like it. It may not mean something to you, but there's a huge percentage of people that are currently loving this thing.
1: Yeah. I think some of the stuff that came out back then, if it came out today, it wouldn't have hit. Like if you think about lyricism, like we all live in a yellow submarine, a yellow submarine, a yellow submarine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I, Beatles are great. They're great. Yeah. But like, you can't, you can't really say that everything that came out
0: then was gold prolific. And just like the most amazing thing ever.
1: Yeah. And I think that some songs that if today, like some songs off of Taylor Swift's album or other artists like Lizzie McAlpine, a yeah. indie pop artist, if those songs came out back in the sixties, I think they'd, they'd be a hit back then. You know, I think that there's crossover there too. Yeah. Cause there's, there's poetic pop music that's out. And I don't think people realize that. <laughs>
0: And I was thinking about this too, you know, you mentioned, you know, there are songs that came out back then that now they probably wouldn't survive. I think it's too, there's a lot more competition and exposure for so much music that the pool is like, yeah, that's where it is competitive. Where I think the pool was so much smaller that yes, there was a big classic rock band that was very popular, but had social media gotten, you know, was created then Maybe that band that was seven streets down would have gotten the exposure and might have been bigger than that actual band. That's what I think is kind of crazy if we flip all these different like what ifs.
1: Yeah, then was this more of a popularity contest by word of mouth. Now you just need to get a TikTok star to <laughs> yeah, your song and boom.
0: <laughs> I think the level of competition and the quality of songs have to be it's it's tough. And you have to be constantly just putting yourself out there, writing new things, exposing yourself to new things, and growing your, your. regardless if you're doing production, songwriting, pushing yourself to limits, listening to new things, kind of th- doing a lot of out-of-the-box shit s- because there's just so much.
1: Yeah, and just to stay current. It's, it's hard because you have to get your songs in the algorithm. And if your songs don't get in the algorithm, you're not going to make it. Like... <laughs> right now uh, record labels are looking at your your followers everything that's in the background whereas back then it was all word of mouth where you were touring next and everything so you have to get your songs to a certain caliber to even be seen (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) and i don't think people realize that that it's building something as well that if you're going to get noticed you have to build something and a lot of these pop that when they say pop they think they've been discovered overnight and just plucked from stardom because i think that's the myth of almost like old school mentality of somebody you know the n.r. guy being like you you know i like your style i'm giving you a fat record it's not that it's it's developed i think people that write off taylor swift forget that she came to nashville and she worked her butt off in like so many different studios and writing 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 until things started to move in the direction. Yeah,
1: I think the misconception with that is because you can technically get famous overnight by something like TikTok. Like you can go viral overnight, but your song that's not good enough is not going to go viral overnight. The work comes in before that overnight stardom takes place. You know, you you have to put in the time to to craft these songs that are going to make it, find the studios that are going to have the production that's going to make it. Um, all that happens behind the scenes before the overnight stardom.
0: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it, it's seeking, I feel like, you know, going to others that are doing it, learning it, you know, I've been reading this book, show your work. And what mm. it talks about is this myth that, that the, the lone creative genius That is just there. But what you're going to find behind the creative genius is a slew of collaborators and people that have informed their process, their system that has developed them to allow them to be at that heightened position so that when people write off like, oh, you know, they're just, you know, they're just sellouts and blah, 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 blah. And they were just like, they're just being signed overnight. No, they're actually really good. And they've worked with people, they've trained, they've developed their craft, they've stayed patient with it. Uh, they've sought the advice, even when it's the advice that they don't want to hear. Yeah. They've taken it. And I think sometimes people that kind of want it to be that general, just like, oh, it's, you know, it's like this. They haven't sought the advice. They don't like the advice too that they're getting because they, they mm-hmm. want to reject it and they just want to live in their little world of, I guess, belief that this is how it is.
1: Yeah. I, th- I definitely think that like rejection definitely shapes you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't say like, be completely authentic to you 100%. But if somebody's telling, if you're getting no's constantly, I don't want to sign you to the library. I don't want to place your song. None of this is really working. You have to change something. You have to be authentic to you. You have to change something in order to get that success. If you're just going to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. That's insanity. I was going to say that's the definition of insanity,
0: but it's, it is it's people kind of like sticking their fingers in their ears going la 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 uh, 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 not gonna listen which is like why would you do that why can't you just take the advice of someone especially if you're hearing the same that's a good sign too when you or yeah. just like a sign if you're hearing the exact same thing that to me is like ooh, i should take notice of that but i feel like you know things that are you know, that are on Spotify because, you know, yes, the radio, but I look at playlists. I look at like, like if I go to like, you know, country it's new boots on Spotify or it's like indie pop playlists. Like what are the new things added? It's a criteria because they put the time into it, the craft, the song, the production, the whole nine yards. They're not throwing up everything. It's a select, it's a, that's why it's a curated playlist. A cure and not an playlist playlist
1: but a curated playlist and it's super hard to get into those spotify editorial playlists it's, it's it's insane fresh finds if for the people that are looking for pop but they are not certain about the whole genre i would suggest fresh finds or listening to the indie pop editorial playlist on spotify because that is i don't want to say like it's more authentic but it has more acoustic elements to it that give it that more real instrument vibe rather than the Bubblegum, pop, Britney Spears, Katy Perry, vibe, which all of it is good. I'd like to say, we'll just like to say, <laughs> um, but for those that are kind of against pop, I feel like that's the the gateway drug into pop.
0: <laughs> you know what? I think it is because sometimes when people do that blanket, they don't realize that there's so many of these sub genres of pop and so many different sub genres that, aren't just like synthetic and just like synth 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 but it's like no you can have like you mentioned lizzie mcalpine when i like first heard lizzie mcalpine i was like holy shit i was like this is really good like the instrumentation is amazing i love the guitar tones like i geeked out at first i geeked out on the guitar tones because they were like they were clear but they were also like they there was a little bit of breaking in it i could hear a little bit of overdrive but it was like vibey and i was like i really love that so that was the initial thing that drew me in but that means whoever was producing that and shaping that gave a lot of thought to the textures to support her story so that that's where i have like the appreciation starts yeah. and that's where it just goes to another level
1: yeah i'd say yeah i'd say for those that are that are trying to get into pop The indie pop genre and Lizzie McAlpine, especially, um, it's more of a storytelling pop, which I think people think pop lacks the storytelling aspect of it, the personal emotional aspect of it. And that's totally not true. Um, So Lizzie McAlpine is a great start for that.
0: It's it's interesting because I was like, let's take like classic rock lyrics. And if we were to put them to like modern day pop singers, how much people would reject that? I think imagine Britney Spears covering American Pie. Like she was saying, like "bye bye, Miss American Pie," and she was, and people just be like, "Oh God, that is just like." But imagine Don McLean suddenly doing like "Hit Me, Baby, One More Time." (laughs) That's so weird. I know, but it's just like it's interesting as those were flip flop. How would you can make "Hit Me, Baby, One More Time" sound super folky, though? That would be cool. I know. I'm just like I think he could just do it, Uh, but (laughs) it just goes to show that I don't think people have an issue with it. It's just. It's something new.
1: You're totally right. Flipping that would be really insane to do. Like, let's like, what's that? It's not Highway to Hell. Who is that by? Oh, oh no. um, to Hell. that's ACDC. That? Yeah. If you tried to, I don't. That would not work.
0: <laughs> Fergie doing Highway to Hell. I mean, let's just choose something b- bizarre be and terrible. just like. Talk- <laughs> Hey, it's Mike, and I wanted to jump in the middle of this episode with Laney and myself to segue to Laney and myself, but we're actually going to dive in and talk about this six-week live course that her and I are going to be doing, which kicks off this Saturday. That's right. As you're listening to this podcast, when it's coming out, starting this Saturday, we are going to be doing a six-week live course that's huge, and we want to talk a little bit about what's involved. So... We're jumping in the middle of our conversation for another conversation <laughs> about the six-week uh, guitar essentials experience that we're doing, which is essentially the reason we're doing this. And I found this sort of like statistic wild to me. Out of five to ten percent, no, I think it was five to fifteen percent of people complete courses that they buy. Wow, I know, like, right? It's, it's so low. It is so low, and so I'm curious. So. I'm in the small minority because any class that I've bought, I've like gone through and I've like finished, like I took music licensing courses, production courses, uh, a few like, um, like top lining course, like it just really, I went through them and it was just like, why? Well, because, you know, I did have someone, I had mentors, I had coaches that were guiding me and I would tell them what I'm working on, but I think it's because people, when they get something are so intimidated with the prospect of what's in it the idea of where to start is very, very crippling. There's very little sometimes accountability too.
1: Yeah, you got to be willing to put in the work.
0: <laughs> you have to be willing. And if you know that you're going to be meeting someone and you're going to be talking and you have the opportunity to... And I think this is maybe sometimes the downside of an online course is you can't ask a question. Like maybe you yeah. can question, but, but like what we're doing right now, if I went on I was like, oh shit, like what the hell about da-da-da, or what does this mean? And then you can be like, oh, da-da. And if that one answer then is what I need to be like, oh, I was overthinking it and allows me to then go through and continue on because just that one little answer, but just a direct answer from someone was the thing to help me go to a next level. I think that's huge.
1: Yeah. I would have loved to have a personal one on one because I have have my uh music production courses I had to do at Berkeley Grove Online and I didn't get that. <laughs> it's really hard to stay motivated to, yeah. to keep putting in the work. And this is this is great, the fact that that people can have a personal connection to ask whatever they want. Yeah,
0: and they can come to us. Like and what we're doing with uh, Guitar Essentials experience is yes, you have all this pre-recorded material, but then we have a dedicated time that we're meeting weekly for six weeks in a row where you can ask questions. You can ask questions about your songwriting process. As we're diving in, you can pick my head about like, well, should I always use this voicing when it comes to this? You can, you can essentially ask the things as you're going along. So as you're starting to take the process, you can start taking notes in these lives and see what other people are asking. You can start taking like writing down other people's questions because I find like just being in a group when people are asking, a lot of people ask a question and I'm like, oh, that's, I didn't even think of that. And I like write down the answer. And it's just like, it's such a good way to have accountability so that not only are you going to see through the entire process, but you know, if you go through that, you're going to be guided by people that have done something with it. That's the other thing. It's not just somebody that taught. We don't just talk about like songwriting and just be like, oh, that's, that's kind of cool. It's like, this is the thing that we do. The thing that like we get checks for, and then we, we cash in money. And this is how we make our income of what we do. And not everybody gets that. They get someone that talks yeah. about the thing, but they haven't done it for a while.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we're we're both very (laughs) hands-on. So so it's just like to
0: have that and you know that if you go through this process – and obviously the question is going to be yes. If you feel right now you're not in a place where you want to be, if you went through an entire process for six weeks that's guide modules on how to better utilize your guitar for songwriting to understand modern song structure, plus you get to ask questions six weeks in a row, would you be better off? Yeah, It's, it's just like, it's one of those like answers where it's like, yes, the obvious question is yes. And like, as this podcast is coming out, there's only two days left to join. So it's like, as you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, this sounds really good. In the description of the podcast, we have the direct link where you can sign up because that's it. It's just going to be, you know, you can get our course other times, but there's no, there's not a live element to this, but it's like, this is the one where we're like, Hey, here's a live element because there's a need for it. And if we can help you get on that path so that you are further along than you are right now, that you actually take in the information more and actually apply it, and plus you get to ask questions, and plus you feel like that's the thing that you need, then click the link and you know jump in. That's basically the thing. <laughs> I don't know. But also, too, just your perspective is fantastic because I always just have the producer kind of like I write songs perspective. That's it. You have the artist perspective because that's what you are. I'm not. I've just been out of that game for so long other than just like writing with an artist. I'm not thinking in that, that live mindset. So I love that your answers and your replies come from that space. I just, I'm just not in that space. <laughs> Whenever somebody asks me, hey, do you want to play live? I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm like, nope. No, I just
1: can't.
0: I'd rather just be here and just work on stuff because that's where I know that's kind of like where I work the best.
1: Yeah. It's, it's really important for me to have the full spectrum of artistry, to be able to do everything DIY. So that's, that's where I'm at.
0: (laughs) I love that. And so that's what you're getting in this live experience, which is so good. So two days left, if you're listening to this podcast, so it's just, uh, just click that link in the description. And then I think we're going back to the chat of you and me. So I guess send it back to us talking. So guess what? The link to join is in the description. And guess what? This is the only time we're gonna be doing it this year. So it's not like we're gonna pop up like five more times throughout the year and be surprised we're doing it again. Nope, this is the only time we're doing it So if you're someone who wants to take it to the next level, who wants to take their songwriting seriously, who wants to improve their guitar skills, their top lining skills, wants to learn from people that are actively making a living from licensing and music, this is something that you need to jump in because we're gonna be fully present. We're gonna be answering your questions and guiding you through the course. So the link is in the description. Remember, it kicks off this Saturday And guess what? That's going to be it for the rest of this year. So don't wait. Stop putting off this, this, I'll wait until things get better or maybe I have more time. No, those that want to see change and want to go to the next level, realize that they have to start now. I think we have to step out of kind of that nostalgia bubble. And realize, like, we've got to try some new stuff every once in a while.
1: Yeah, it was a time. It had its time. And music now is going to have its time in 20 years as well. Exactly. The things we're talking about now, people
0: are going to be like, yeah, I remember Lizzie McAlpine. That's cool. That's how they're going to talk about, you know, how they talk about Mama Cass or, you know, like, you know, Joni Mitchell. or It's just there is a time and a place. Something else came. And guess what? Then that's going to have its time and its place.
1: Then there's going to be something else. Music always moves forward. Which brings me to sync yeah. because if you were to do like, let's say you're super into like Carol King or the Carpenters, right. And you do a song that's exactly sounding like that. That sounds dated like that. A sync person is more likely going to pick them since they were popular during the time. You know, they're going to want, they're going to want stairway to heaven. They're not going to want to knock off stairway to heaven. They're going to want to put that in their film so that people recognize it and know it. Whereas now with, with ads and stuff like that, you can have elements. It's nice. It, sometimes I get briefs that are like, Hey, have like a seventies undertone or have like a disco vibe or you can get that, but it needs to sound original to now. You need to be able to tell this is a new song. This is a great for this commercial,
0: right? I always feel like they call it like vintage undertones. Yes. <laughs>
1: well, undertones being the main word.
0: <laughs> it, it's like an accent and not meant to be the front and center main, like, I think Miley Cyrus's Flowers totally has a a super vintage undertone vibe to it because the bass and the drums, like, I learned the bass part because I was just like, this is so good. It's so front, it supports the song. But when I think of it, boom, boom, like, if we think of, like, 70s and disco, I think of that. I think of, like, a great bass line. I think of, like, a small Gretsch kit that's playing in the background that's, like, holding down that main section. I think flowers was wonderful like that. When I first heard it, I was like, shit, this is like really good. Yeah. But it sounds
1: modern still. <laughs> or like as it as it was, Harry Styles, as yeah. it was, as it was. Tell me that song is not take on me. Take <laughs> me on. It's it's literally yeah. sung practically. But it 100% sounds like you could tell that that's something that was produced today. It still has the elements of take on the aha, uh-huh, but you could tell it's from today. Everything kind of
0: nods to something. It mm-hmm. nods to whether it be like it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Uh Greta von Fleet is very much like Led Zeppelin. That's like, to me, is like a super, it's just- to me that's that,
1: like a, a knockoff. It's a, it's a little knockoff-y. Yeah.
0: It is. It, it so it's a lead airplane. I don't know, whatever we want to call it. It's just like it's it's something that is similar to it. It has those undertones to it. Um if we look at a lot of like pop punk that's coming out now, it's a nod oh, to none. Yeah. Total. Like and Travis Barker doesn't care. He's like, cool. He's like, I'll play on it. I'll produce it. I love this. Because he's totally all for that. So it's like we're seeing that 90s revival because people that were born in the 90s, that that's what that nostalgia is coming back. And now that's it's bleeding into their songs. Yeah. That's great to me because I'm just like, cool, I can get down with it. I'm all for it. But everything has its time and its place, and music evolves. And I think you can just appreciate music as it's changed and understand that everything is a nod to something and it's not less than greater than you don't have to necessarily buy a front row ticket to it but you can also be like okay this is catchy this is really damn yeah big. and it was well produced
1: yeah and i would, I would like to say that that music is 100 percent subjective you know you might get a million no's And you might think you're the greatest and your friends might think you're the greatest. And, and, you know, you might think that that's the best song, but if your goal as a songwriter is to become successful and make money in the field, you're going to have to appeal to the masses. You want most of the people to think that your song is great. So even though you think it's great, maybe put that one in the hard drive and go on to the next one. (laughs) I think it's what you're talking about is
0: like you're at this like crossroads for some people where it's like, is this going to be the hobby you dabble in and that the results don't matter? Like, it's just like, if you enjoy it, that is the marker. Mm. But if you're starting to say things like, I want to quote unquote monetize this, I want to make this part, I want to make this a substantial income. I want to, you know, have artists cut my songs. I want to attract artists. Cool. You better make sure that you're, you know, they're the right artists and that you're writing what they want to say. Because you could have an artist that's like, cool. I'll work with you. But if you're writing in the wrong voice and you're not paying attention to what they want, and you're like, hey, sing this. Hey, hey, Lainey. Here's what it is. You are a cocktail waitress. Sing it. <laughs> sing- that's not going to happen. Like, you're going to be like, that is not true to me whatsoever. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent because it's just weird. That's not what it is. And that's why if you're going to monetize, you're going to have to acknowledge this.
1: Yeah. To, yeah. Like I said, you might think it's good, but you want everyone to think it's good. And that's why pop's important.
0: <laughs> it is. This is why it matters. And if you, if you want to make money, you have to acknowledge that, yeah, this does matter, but you also have to broaden your definition of what pop is. You can't just have this one sided view and just like, it's not Radio Disney. It's not people that are just plucked that are 18 years old that get signed then develop. But it's like, there's all these sub genres and they're all a little bit different. Like I love the aces to me, they're indie pop. They're like really good indie pop, like amazing guitar hooks. But that's probably not what everybody thinks about when they think of pop. They think, oh, you know, like Miley Cyrus, Justin Bieber. But even Miley Cyrus, I feel like, has come into her own since the beginning. Because I feel the ones that end up doing well evolve, change, and they're still there.
1: Even, like, another genre to to break people into the gateway drag of pop uh, (laughs) would be A.C., uh, adult contemporary yeah. you know you got your adele uh, sam smith well old sam smith not new yeah. sam smith <laughs> <laughs> adele Coldplay, ed sheeran Th- this is appealing to 18 year olds as well as 40 50 60 year olds you know you hear you hear adele songs you hear ed sheeran songs at weddings you know like adult contemporary is also a great umbrella pop category to gateway drug you into that
0: yeah i <laughs> i think for people to like um I would even throw like Jack Johnson or just like a, a, a like a Jason Mraz where it's like you want some of the elements of like somebody playing an instrument, but you also – you want it, it, it's memorable. It's hooky. Those are the <laughs> yeah. things that are all hooky. But I think for people to branch out and just be open is the big thing because I think if you're open to this, especially if you're a songwriter or an inspire, aspiring songwriter, you have to have that open mind because – that's also going to flood into your co-writes, how you view production, how you collaborate with people. Cause I only collaborate with people that have a very open mind about music. I rarely work. I don't work with anyone. That's like, this sucks. Like I remember, you know, uh, one of my best collaborations, Josh, we were talking about like when fits in the tantrums, hand clap came out. Mm. We are just like, God damn. This is so good. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> but it's like his backstory. It's like the singer, what was he? He was an engineer, he was like a producer that was his back that's what he did, and then he did a band, so mm-hmm. it was just like to me it's like I don't know, just pop it's just grown so much to what people used to think, and if you're going to i don't know have success in this area, you gotta be open,
1: yeah, I won't work with anybody. It's like I hate this, I hate that, I can't do this and if you're if you're too judgmental, that doesn't that doesn't like vibe for a a nice co-write. I don't think most of the major players are gonna want to do. do
0: no. <laughs> it's imagine if you were a world. I don't know, just like you know, in the UN. Oh, maybe that's a bad example because they all. Did. <laughs> but I'm like, I was trying to think of something where you have to be negotiable. You have yeah. to be. Yeah. It's. I think especially for longevity. If you're thinking short term, you're probably not thinking about this. But if you're thinking about long term growth in music and staying relevant, I actually had somebody tell me once and he was like he was one that really drilled active listening to me. And I was like and he was like, this is I have to do this now because if I stop it, I become irrelevant and I'm not going to be welcomed in the room. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, that makes sense. So it's just like understand what's coming out and listening and just keep on expanding your view of music, because that will always benefit you. That will never be something that's, I, I feel like that hinders creative growth.
1: That was very well said.
0: And <laughs> scene. <So. laughs> and that does it for this week's episode. It was edited and produced by Chris Vafalius, I'm Mike Myers. Thanks for listening.